Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects. You can check us out at westminstereffects.com and make sure you join the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. I promise it's not that hard to find. Follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram, and you can subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, and make sure you leave a a five-star review, if I can speak correctly, ever. Uh, Not joining us today uh, is Bradley Cox. He is out doing pastoral things. However, for the first time in what seems like eons... I'm back, baby! everybody, John Ross here. Westminster effects artist and church nerd from Lincoln, Nebraska. It is great to be back on the show. Man, it's been forever. How you been? I am well. Um, I, you know, I was really sad that I missed out on the uh, the sermon prep uh, episode uh, from a couple weeks back because the Sunday uh, preceding that uh, that recording, uh, I actually uh, preached my second full sermon uh, oh, in, uh, in two eleven worship. So. Um, good time. That was uh, that. That would have been a cool thing to be in on, but uh, no big there. Other than that, uh, I'm cold. It's it's eight in Nebraska. It's <laughs> and we are here in South Carolina. We are approximately sixty degrees ahead of you. Oh my gosh! Like, and I am it, not complaining about it. Better it's better too you than cold. Me. It's too cold to do anything other than. I mean, you could die. You you could die. <laughs> I mean, it's too cold to do anything other than die. Other than die. Yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. so what'd you, do, what'd you do in church this week? We didn't have it. <laughs> for, too cold. For the, too cold for to the, do anything. So, so as much as I razzed you when South Carolina got their flurries a month or so back and canceled uh, canceled services, we uh, we canceled at Christ Lincoln for the like the first time since I can remember. I mean, that's at least eight years that I I mean that I can remember. Yeah. There may have been one in there, but I don't know. Um, don't dish it out if you can't take it, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's usually like all the other churches closed, but like we're still open because whatever. Um, but no, we straight up canceled Sunday services. So I fixed my snowblower and yeah. well, used it to clear the probably about 13 ish inches of snowfall we got overnight, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. The keep, city keep it rocked. Yeah, the city dropped the ball hardcore on snow removal too. Like Monday was real bad. Like, I, and even on Tuesday, I had to stop and like, because like our snow removal infrastructure out here is usually pretty gosh darn good. And by Tuesday, it should have there should have been no trace on the streets, but it was still really bad because it was so cold. Like yeah. even if they plowed it and and salted or or brined or whatever that melted water still has to go somewhere. And when it does, it's going to freeze. So on my way to work yesterday, I had to push, I had to push like a Pontiac G8 rear wheel drive up. It sounded great. <laughs> but I had to push it up the hill. And then some, some old Buick thing with, uh, with bald tires. So I had to push that up the hill. That was awesome. But uh, yeah, so um, cold, not dead. Did a sermon. That's me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so we were in, uh, Bradley preached out of Romans six twelve through 14 or 15, uh, talking about not letting sin reign in your body. And, uh, the main kind of the main point being salvation isn't so much a decision that we make as it is a shift in our desires mm. and a uh, very, very good sermon. I highly recommend you check it out at resfaith.com. And, uh, I played bass. Uh, it was my first week playing with my new Fender P bass mm-hmm. that I acquired eh, about a month or so ago off of Reverb.com. It's a uh, about a ten year old standard Mexican built, uh, but it sits so nicely in the mix, especially what color? compared to it's a candy apple red. Mm. And yeah, so nice. you know, nice, nice, classy color with a little bit of pop. Nice, classy color for a nice, classy guy. I don't know about that. Why are you playing it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it, all, all, all told, went well. I only had nice. one, uh, only had one pretty bad note or, or dinger, as we call it at Res. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, only one really terrible note. Everything else is just keeping it simple because I'm not a bassist and I play with a pick. 
You know, <laughs> you know I play, I, when I play bass, I play with a pick too, but I found out a secret that gets me, um, like the, the accuracy and, like, and the rhythm that I can do with a pick, but the sound of uh, a fingered bass, and that's using a felt ukulele pick. Ah, yeah. If you break it up just a little bit and kind of wear it in, the uh, the attack is very very similar to a, a finger plucked bass. And so if if you guys are out there and you're multi instrumentalist, quote quote, like Cody and I are, and you need a trick to get that sound instead of you know the the pick attack. I just use an enormous whatever. stubby pick from Dunlop. Gotcha. And, yeah, I mean I'm a punk guy. I mean come on. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and, and that's that you know. Bridge pickup, tone all the way up. Yep. You know, that's yep. I love that. Yep. I love yep. it. Yep. Um, you know, we actually um, kind of revamped the way um, we ran our mix into the or ran our bass into the house mix recently. Um, but you didn't get a Wittenberg bass. But preamp. we didn't get a Witten, Wittenberg bass preamp. We didn't. Um, what we did do? Uh, well, I didn't do. I had no say in this. It was just there one day. So some, somebody bought it. We got a like a brand new. Tech 21 Sansamp bass rack mountable rig. Um, I can get on board with that. Yeah, so it's two channels. So now our bass signal has the... So the way we used to do it is we had a Ampeg SVT Pro head, and we'd, and we'd mic the cab, and then we would also run the DI signal out and mix them together. Now we can take each uh, each channel from this Sansamp rig, and we can run the gain up on the other and so we can um our, our front of house engineer can mix mix between like really round you know whole stuff like brown big whole notes and, and smooth to you know just ratty like ratty overdriven bass just by you know blending uh, the channels on the board so uh cool stuff there it's actually made a, quite a bit of a difference and it's not like audible it's like oh i see what they're doing they're taking two channels doing the but but it sounds legit. So maybe maybe that's the case to get two Wittenberg bass DIs and uh, and a nose pedal uh, ABY switcher thing in the what's it mm. and uh, and I don't know maybe the 1689B and uh, make it shake. You know, yeah. if, if you'd be so inclined. Hashtag Bob. If you would be so. Inclined. So speaking of things that sound good but Ooh, depending on the segways. application segways segways uh but may or may not in their actual application uh be all that great we're talking about ain't no grave by bethel music which was horrible just... grammar yeah <laughs> seriously uh thanks johnny cash for that original song yeah, I was, yeah i was gonna say it's like this is a this is a rehashing of of an old johnny cash tune Yes. So on a positive note, I'll at least say the uh, the instruments are like the actual arrangement of everything with the ups and downs and guitar tones. Yeah. Very well done. Oh, yeah. It has very a, well done. It has a really kind of slick southern rock feel to it. The only yeah. thing that I think would have would have really hammered it home for me um, now I, I watched the uh, the the YouTube video of this song, and so I'm going to mm-hmm. say the the girl leading playing guitar. I'm not sure on the studio album what it's like, but the girl leading playing guitar, she's playing in some sort of uh, open tuned uh, sort of deal. That sister needs a slide. <laughs> Holy smokes! If if he had a slide, just, <laughs> oh, that slide makes everything right. That would have made it just raunchy. Low, oh, yeah, would have been great. Yeah, but it wasn't there. So that I think that was like the one thing. Thing that that was like missing for me but the rest of it like you said super solid i mean the youtube arrangement does last eight minutes so like i mean i i, I had a coffee break in there so i may have right. missed, right. I may have missed something I don't you, you got you got a coffee break you got a restroom break after the coffee break i mean you, you got to eat a sandwich <laughs> etc but let's let's go ahead and start breaking down these lyrics uh, verse one, shame is a prison as cruel as a grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Love is my redeemer lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power when my freedom song is found. Uh, I mean, it's not like 
awful, but some of it's just like, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Like it, like I'm sure it means something to somebody. And that's the thing. This is one of those, like these lyrics were written for a time and place. Yes. Like shame is a prison as cruel as a grave. I mean, if you're experiencing hardcore shame, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know if it's, this is a, you know, a objective statement that's useful for congregational singing, um, but it does uh, have the uh, the potential to be true. Uh, shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. I don't, I don't know what we're talking about there. Yeah. Like, is it this secret name that God gives you? Uh, where is that? Isaiah or somewhere? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm blanking on the reference. Or is it, or is it just that, um, or is it identity of, in Christ or, or maybe or just, the, well, I mean, I don't know if these are the original, this part's the original lyrics from cash. It's but, not. I mean, the, the only okay. thing that, that, that is the chorus. carried over was the chorus. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Well, you know, maybe just that hardcore shame has the, has the tendency to, uh, um, make you forget who you are. And to live kind of in the shadow of that shame and instead of, oh, I don't, I don't I'm just, I'm making stuff up here trying to, trying to explain this. Right. And, and, like, and you I, could, you could even look at it as, as carrying the burden. You could almost think of the pilgrim's progress where Christian is carrying his burden. You know, yeah. if we want to get nerdy, uh, wow. I don't, I don't, I don't think they were thinking about pilgrim's progress. <laughs> But at the, at the same time, shame and guilt are tools that God uses when convicting us of sin. So shame can be, we, we do need to know, even if it's not in the context of this song, at the same time, shame can be a good thing if it leads to conviction and repentance. Sure. Yeah. You know, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Right. I mean, right. I, I can buy I can buy into the third line there. Oh, love is my yeah. redeemer, lifting me up from yeah. the ground. God is love. God redeems. Love is my yep. redeemer, lifts me up from the ground. Imagery of death. Got it. Moving on. Love is the power when my freedom song. I just. I'm, I'm just gonna say that's word salad. <laughs> it's just words strung together that sound good. Did Did you ever have you ever seen that? that comedy video of like these two girls, they go to a church and they, and the worship leader, you know, introduces this new song and it's like, um, Oh geez. What I'm going to have to put a, I'm going to put a clip in the episode right here so you can hear it. Flowing rapids carry me. Salty ocean waves crash. Trickling into my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just a bunch of words put together and you know, like you said, this means something to somebody. Right. And benefit of the doubt, maybe that, that meaning is explained every time this song is sung every time it is. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe there's some kind of, uh, unspoken, definition underneath it that they get hey, that maybe translate sort sort of inside thing you know i mean you got to keep in mind that a lot of these these big i call them worship houses you know like um they uh some of their stuff they write for the church some of the stuff they write for them yep i don't know where this falls into this is this is my my biggest thing, and this is though the second time I've said it this this episode. And it's not going to be the last time I say it this episode. It's like if you don't get what it means as an intelligent, experienced musician, the folks in the congregation aren't going to get it either. And so right. you're putting these words in their mouth to what to what end? Right. Because it's because it's a sick song. I mean. That, like, what's the purpose of congregational singing then? J just to, 
I mean, is it like, is it a campfire? We're just sitting around singing songs. I mean, shoot, if that's the case, you know, I've, I've got a, I've got a chord book of uh, Kenny Chesney music. We'll might as well whip out, you know, why not? <laughs> right. You know, so I, I don't know. Well, yeah. let's move on to the, let's move on to the chorus. Yeah. Let's move so, on to the chorus. yeah. I mean, there's, there's some good stuff here. There ain't no grave going to hold my body down, which for the record is terrible grammar. However, the doxology podcast is centered in the deep south and that's okay uh when i hear that trumpet sound i'm gonna rise out of the ground there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down i mean that's just straight resurrection i mean no problems there little little uh eschatological imagery yes uh, i do i do enjoy when songs have eschatology involved Mm -hmm. um you know too many i think far too many uh modern worship songs neglect eschatology altogether you look at and i've said it before on the podcast you look at so many of the great hymns and they move from hey there's this thing right now to there's this thing that's been accomplished to there's this thing that will happen in the future uh you could even say you know with the with the trumpet sound like it is well uh, with with the final verse of yep. it as well, the trump shall resound and the Lord Zound shall descend. Shall appear. Yep. Even so, it is well with my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's that's legit. So. Oh yeah, that's so that is power. That yes. is lyrical power. Yes. I mean, so yeah, I, I, you know, this is this is good. This is good stuff. Um, All right. Verse two. Unfortunately, or, or, or uh, it should it should be mentioned that this is the part that Johnny Cash wrote. So right, um, and that was the good part. Uh, <laughs> so, fear is a liar with a smooth and velvet tongue. Fear is a tyrant. He's always telling me to run. Love is a resurrection, and love is a trumpet sound. Love is my weapon. I'm gonna take my giants down. You're not David. Yeah, just go ahead and put that Matt Chandler clip in here. You're not. You're not David. <laughs> you're not David. The Bible's um, not about you. <laughs> I want to be straight. I love you enough to be straight. You're not David. God, I love that guy. Um, <laughs> so fears. I mean, you know. On the on the good side, fear is a liar. Fear is a tyrant. Yes, God did not give us a spirit of fear, yeah, timidity, or whatever your translation says. Like that's true, um, at least in terms of of a fear that you stew in. You know, the fear sure. of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah, um, the, the, so, we're not talking about we're not reverence. Talking about that one talking right. about afraidedness. If that's yes. a, yep, is yes. a thing. Um, so contrasting between fear. Uh, which is a bad thing, and love, but love is a resurrection and love is a trumpet sound. Uh, It seems, I don't know, the tenses here, there's not a whole lot of consistency in how they're using words. In that, that, if we're going to say God is love, therefore love is my redeemer, that is true. Uh, Therefore, God is a resurrection and therefore God is a trumpet sound. And then if you're going to use the same definitions, God is my weapon. Well, uh, I mean, that would, well, that would, I would sort of, think, sort of, sort of the spirit shield of truth. Well, sure. However, I don't know. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't sit right. If we're going to use the same definition of love all throughout. Yeah. Does that yeah, make sense? I mean, no, definitely. I mean, and, I'm open, and I'm open to being nitpicky at that point. Like if if I'm nitpicky here, that's fine. You know, and and we're also keeping you know saying that you we're taking the definition of love that we spelled out in the first verse, and you know maybe that wasn't their take at all. Maybe they're talking about the concept of love, and that you know that God's actions, no matter what they are, can be described as sure. love. And so in that case, resurrection is love trump the trumpet sound would be would be love yeah. the feeding of the 5000 was love you know the pillar of salt and the cloud of fire you know that, that was love you know maybe so but you're right the tenses and usage really makes this hard to like exegete here <laughs> yeah yeah so let's let's skip 
let's skip the third verse because that's what we're going to dwell on most of the mm. time. Let's go to the bridge um, or the outro or whatever you want to call it. If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. And then they repeat that like 18 times. Yeah, it's their battle uh, cry. Yeah, going to sing about it. If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. I'm going to meet Jesus. If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. Are you? Because, <laughs> like, I've tried. It don't work that way. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Um, now, without totally going into Bethel's overarching views on who God is and who we are. Yeah, and we'll get there. They, how they like to muddle those <laughs> things. Yeah, we'll we'll get those. Um, like they're they're drawing a almost an analogy here. Not even an analogy. It's like or a simile or something. If you walked out of the grave, well, I I'm gonna do do do. I I stood up in my chair. I'm gonna walk out of the room. I'm gonna walk out of the grave too. You know, like right. if you can do it, so can I. Right, and I think that's probably what they would say because they do say that the the uh, the primary uh, point of Jesus performing miracles was to show that he, as a man in right relationship with the Father, could do them. Therefore, we could too, which is mm -hmm. by no means scriptural. Um, no. Regardless of where you are in the cessationist or continuationist spectrum, which I do think is a spectrum. Um, but in our congregations, I think we could sing that line properly in that the resurrection was the was the beginning of God fulfilling his promise of the resurrection. The yeah. general resurrection of the dead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it I mean, walking out of the grave, I mean, defeat of sin, death and the devil. I mean, yes. Like, I think we would need to explain it that way. I mean, yes. but especially because this is such a big concept that's so oh, yeah. misunderstood. People think, uh, you know, the goal of the Christian life is to just kind of get by and then leave the body and just be with Jesus in heaven. Well, no, he's going to create, he's going to, well, not create a totally yeah, new, but yeah. he's going to renew the heavens and the earth, mm -hmm. etc. Um, and, and our bodies will be resurrected like his. So, yes. Um, so let's get to this, this third verse. Uh, let's do just the first two lines first. Um, because if we take them by themselves, we can actually say a lot of good stuff here. Sure. Uh, there was a battle, a war between death and life, and there on a tree, the Lamb of God was crucified. And that's just true. Nope. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you work that out. Um, I think it was, it's John Piper, since we have to reference John Piper at least As four times per episode. Uh, unofficial, on the, 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 the unofficial podcast of the DesiringGod.org podcast. Yes. Um <laughs> I believe it was, it was Piper who said that Satan and his schemes, uh, you know, because we obviously recognize that God is sovereign over all things and that yes. he orchestrated the crucifixion um, that is, it was at the time that he appointed and it, it pleased the father to crush the son. Uh, at the same time, Satan was scheming to try and take out the son of God and to ruin prophecies and all that kind of stuff and make God out to be a liar and, and a fool. Um, but in that, all he did was play into God's hand in the first place. So Piper says uh, Satan committed spiritual suicide at the crucifixion, where he worked in the minds of, of these evil people who crucified Jesus, uh, while at the same time that just fulfilled what God intended to do all along in redemptive history. Mm -hmm. Therefore, proving that God is always going to <laughs> yes Paul is always going to be supreme over satan in the first place so i mean no problem there uh and here's here's where uh i might flip my little bit a little bit and he went on down to hell 
He took back every key. He rose up as a lion and he set all captives free. Now, before we get into the theological yes. bits and pieces here, <laughs> the way they phrase, and he went on down to hell. It's like, oh, I went on down. To the, went on down. No, he just, just took a stroll. He just went on down. That's. <laughs> so you used y'all. A... Y'all live in California. Like, don't. <laughs> don't try. Okay, so so John, you used a before we started recording, you used a theological term. What was it the dissensus? The dissensus, yeah. Yes, uh, you you Latin. Lutherans use use more Latin terms than we do at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. So well, explain explain for the people briefly the deeper Protestant conception <laughs> of the dissensus. Okay, so I, now when you say Lutherans use more Latin, I'm gonna I'm, I'm not I'm gonna say like literally zero people at my church who like <laughs> would have any idea what that is like what the hell okay maybe uh, maybe not more so, latin than someone like sproll but we, yeah. we like that hey latin's cool man it is I'm um so gracia tattooed on my on my wrist so whatever so the dissensus is a latin word which means the descent that you couldn't have figured that out. Um, it's it's used to it's used as the name of the concept that um, after uh, after uh, Jesus's death during the crucifixion that he descended to hell. Mostly taken from is it First Peter? I think um, First Peter three. Yeah. Yes. You want me to just read that off? Yeah. Go ahead. So it's eighteen to 20, twenty, which is right, which is right before the Lutherans' favorite baptismal verse of baptism, which corresponds to this now saves you. But that's for a different episode. <laughs> uh, so we want to be friends for at least three years before we uh, right, before we right, that puppy. Until I, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Okay. So this is one of like one and a half verses in the whole of Scripture that speaks of really anything between the time of death and resurrection. Um, and the two that do speak to the, and these, these one and a half, two verses, they give the image or the suggestion that Jesus went to hell to do something. Now there's different views here. Um, the Calvin, the Calvin yeah, go. What Calvin, is Calvin? If, I, if, if I recall correctly, he says that Jesus descended into hell on the cross in the fact that he was absorbing God's wrath toward his okay. people. Yeah, if that, I remember correctly, I could be wrong about that. That sort of uh, suffering on the cross was <laughs> physically a living hell is yes. is usually the way that um, that this doctrine is interpreted by you know more reform types. I mean, the, the Lutheran camp um, usually says um, that he went to hell in what we call his state of exaltation. So um, the, the, the life and work of Christ has two periods, the period of humiliation and the mm -hmm. period of exaltation. Humiliation would be the incarnation um, his his death, his crucifixion, um, that that whole piece where he humbled himself and took on flesh. Um, then, and this sticks in my head because it was always it was always kind of hammered in as a as a young confirmand, a young catechetical student in the Lutheran Church, is that his descent into hell is actually part of his exaltation because. There, he went to proclaim victory over sin, death, and the devil. Now, where this gets even more crazy 
is that we're kind of grasping at straws to begin with. Right. And I need to, in a couple minutes, I'll, I'll look up what the formula of Concord says. Um, formula of Concord is part of the Lutheran Confessions, that which makes up um, uh, essentially the, the explanation of beliefs um, for, for Orthodox Lutheranism. And there's a, there's a piece in there. But even Luther himself, when asked about the, the doctrine of the dissensus, was like, it's enough to teach what it says in Scripture and to go off of what they learned from the stained glass and other sources. That's mm-hmm. literally what Luther said. And the whole, <laughs> and the whole reason this thing even matters is because it's in the Apostles' Creed. Yes. I mean, the whole or reason it, this it says an issue. It says he descended into hell. However, uh, with hymns and hops, the way that they they that we say the creed when we do hymns and hops is he descended into the grave, uh, partially to avoid confusion. Sure. And and partially to, you know, I think a lot of, of the ancient texts probably would have understood, you know, because you've got hell and then you've also got Gehenna, in the Greek yes. language, correct? Yeah, there's, yes, there's Hades, uh, Gehenna, uh, Sheol, um, all all different places used for, I mean, some, uh, is it, which one was like the flaming garbage dump out, Gehenna. outside of Jerusalem? Yeah, that, was, that, was Gehenna. that was Gehenna. And, and so there's those concepts as well. Uh, and in fact, that understanding of it, um, that Christ descended into the grave is supported by that other half verse that says in Christ descended to the earth and below the earth. Like this is a tricky one. And personally, it's one that, that I have struggled with for a long time because they're straight up. There's no answer that that's like, yes, like even using the text to interpret the text I have no stinking clue. I mean, I've read every confession and everything. I still don't get it. So, I mean, when when I confess he descended into hell, um, I do so um, knowing that the church fathers spent a lot of time, energy, and resources uh, penning this creed and uh, and confessing that... <clears throat> Whether it was so, hell or the grave or uh, the second floor of Sears, whatever it may have been, <laughs> um, that God did so in His judgment for His glory and the benefit of His people. Exactly. Yeah, so, all, so real quick, that. real quick, that verse you just referenced was Ephesians four nine and ten. In saying He ascended, what does it mean? But that He also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So it's still not a definitive statement saying yeah. that he went to hell as as we think of it, the lake of fire, if you will. For sure. Um, so, I mean, here's here's kind of I guess to get down to brass tacks and, and I want to I want to be uh, as charitable as possible, uh, but I also want to. This is when I wish Bradley was on because he mm. could be all pastoral and and <laughs> you know have give it like that nice fine edge and Doggo. my doggos are freaking out in the background but whatever um, so what we're dealing with here and and hear me say this as a preface preface is I am not saying hey churches none of you should ever play a Bethel song or a Jesus culture song since they're related. Yeah. Um, that is, that's not what I'm saying. If, if, if your church and its wisdom decides, Hey, we're not going to do that, then cool. If you decide, Hey, we are going to play some Bethel songs. I, yeah. um, yeah, the, but, that is not the argument we're having today. Right. That is not uh, the discussion but, that we're having. But what, what we're dealing with is this new apostolic reformation, word of faith, theology base, and yeah. Bethel in particular preaches a canonic Jesus, which abuses Philippians 2 in that uh, they say that he set aside all of his deity and lived only as a man dependent on the spirit in right relationship with the father. 
which is different than the hypostatic union, I believe, in saying that uh, Jesus, in his deity, joined a human nature and human flesh to himself. Uh, he didn't take advantage of his deity. Like he didn't use it to his own advantage while he walked the earth. Um, like you know, in, in the temptation, he didn't turn stones into bread. Yeah. Um, but what they teach is he only lived as a man. So you have ultimately a a false Jesus that they're that they're preaching, and on top of that, they teach that he burned in hell for three days and was born again at the resurrection and was therefore the first born again man. Um, you have multiple issues here with, with the immutability of God. You have, yeah. I mean, if, if, if God had to be born again, because all of the fullness of deity was pleased to dwell in Christ, Christ is Jesus. God, the son is just as much God as God, the father and God, the spirit. If we're going to be yes, properly they, Trinitarian. Oh, if you want to be properly Trinitarian, get this. Yet they are not three gods, but one God. But one God. Athanasius um, would be proud. Yes. Contramundum. Uh, <laughs> but um, if if Jesus had to be born again, then God wasn't immutable at some point. And I think that's a pretty big deal. If God had to change at some point, then we're... we're talking about two different gods and bill yeah. johnson bless his heart will say that he preaches a different gospel than we do like he actually will yep. say that um which i i don't relish that i really don't i really don't relish saying that kind of thing um and on top of that you're messing with the atonement uh which i don't think you can just call different beliefs about the atonements a theory that drives me insane yeah. um where did did God the Son absorbed the wrath of God the Father, the righteous for the unrighteous, uh, in terms of absorbing his wrath, or, uh, and was it finished at the cross, like he said? And did he actually hang out with the thief on the other cross that day, like he said he yeah. would? And if he was in hell for three days, that makes Jesus out to be a liar. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, there's there's some there's some teachings or explanations out there that that separate deity and the humanity of Christ during this time mm -hmm. is a it is an attempt to reconcile this and. Honestly, which, I'm. Which, which I get. There's a whole lot of mystery yeah. in in the inner workings of the hypostatic union. Again, the, mm -hmm. the union of of deity and man. You know, the two natures of Jesus. Um, but yeah, go on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult, and I think that's where we where the the mustard really hits the bread on this one is. Uh, Difficult things should be taught and explained. Yes. And not assumed. I mean, what you brought up with, with the, the Bethel Little Gods doctrine, the NAR stuff, I mean, it's, it's even right here in this verse, uh, this transformation um, that, that they attribute to the person of Christ here, uh, that, you know, there on the tree, the Lamb of God was crucified, went down to hell, and then he rose up a lion. I would say that if he, oh, that, if, yeah. that if Christ, however he figured it out, how, however he did it, and he went to hell, he did so as a lion. Yes. And certainly, certainly not going there. I mean, this almost makes it sound like, like went down there, you know, broke the rules, rustled some feathers, and, you know, came out victorious. And that's not the case at all. He went victorious. Yes. Um, the, the, the crucifixion you know, and the death of Christ was, was not defeat. That was, no. that was the most victorious thing anybody's ever done. Absolutely. 
Like, you need, we need well, to let that sink in. Well, I mean, the resurrection. I mean, come don't, on. You, you can yeah. join them together. Yes. <laughs> don't but, leave them in the grave, Cody Fields. Don't leave them in the grave. Sorry. I just, I just dropped the H-bomb on myself, the, uh, the heresy <laughs> bomb. Uh, <laughs> but I need, a, I need a heresy sound effect. I need to figure that one yeah. out. Anyway, uh, also the he took back every key is, is more word of faithy legal right type of stuff where where they will say that when Adam sinned, God lost the legal right to act upon the earth without a willing uh, human participant. Ugh. Yeah, uh, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> if, if you didn't notice, the Psalms say that God does whatever he wants, uh, whenever he wants, however he wants, to whoever he wants. God's yeah. sovereign, and he doesn't need your permission. <laughs> in, in fact, you know, honestly, that, that wasn't what I was, um, the direction I was going when I read that key line. You know, I was thinking the, um, the keys, I was thinking more revelation, you know, and, and that. But um, I, I didn't have the opportunity to, to dig into that. Not that I think it would matter. Um, sure. Because... You know, once again on the Doxology podcast, I'm going to harp on this same gosh darn thing. Music and congregational singing exists for really three things. Teaching or edification, um, glorifying God, and using the gifts of voice and music to return praise and thanksgiving to him. I mean, and, and uniting, I mean, maybe as a three and a half or, or an appendix there, uniting the people of God in, in song uh, together to their creator. But here's the thing. Yes, music can teach. But if what the music is saying requires clarification let alone is just downright strange or wrong, then is it worth doing just because it's a, a cool tune? And oh, you can't, you can't see me shake my head. Yeah, Sorry. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, the rest of you, lasers. <laughs> um, and, and I, I think that's what really traps a lot of people in the in, in the church and kind of worship uh, world into some of these songs is they've got a great hook. You know, the the anthem is great mm -hmm. and strong. Um, but if you really get down to it and look, not just this song, but others. This isn't a, a discussion about creative freedom. You want to write a song and play it at open mic nights or or special music at, at a church service and be like, this is my story, this is my testimony, and I wrote this song, or in this case, halfway plagiarized the song, to, uh, to speak about this. Awesome. But if you're going to say, hey, new song for this week, let's walk out of that grave. And then you start playing this thing and everyone, you know, maybe they use the, the slide guitar and it becomes a thousand times more awesome and it gets people <laughs> going and they walk home and it's like, you know what? Gosh, darn, I am going to walk out of that grave like Jesus did. I am going to raise the dead like Jesus did. Bill Johnson, how can I make gold dust come down in my living room? And or your HVAC system. <laughs> apparently so. Um, just give a kid glitter, it'll figure that one out. Yeah, you know, they seriously. probably just had like an accident in Sunday school, and like that's how they. <laughs> but but you know you know what I want to do. I don't want I don't want to end this episode only having said Bethel is wrong. Yeah, and, no, and by no means. Um, and and I, I am willing to drop an H bomb on this, uh, like this, with the with the underlying context. It's it's heretical. Uh, there's no yeah. way around that. However. Um, what I what I also want to clarify and make crystal clear is, do I believe that there are people within within the NAR and within the Word of Faith movements who are in the family of God 
And absolutely, I believe that. There are there are definitely people even at even at their goofy Hogwarts uh, school of supernatural ministry, Hogwarts West. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are people who legitimately love Jesus, who have been regenerated by the Spirit, etc. Um, but what I want to clarify also, even on top of that, is that there is a difference between simply being ignorant of something and preaching falsely. And sure. denying core truths of the historical, biblical, ancient gospel, where, you know, most American Christians, uh, James White will say, most American Christians, if you ask them to describe the Trinity, you end up with heresy in about 30 seconds. <laughs> but but their, their misunderstandings of things are simply because of ignorance, yeah. uh, where they maybe they haven't been properly taught. Maybe they haven't studied it and they're just immature in the faith or something of the sort. There's a difference between that and someone saying, no, modalism is is what we're going for, where modalism being God has existed historically as father and then as son and now as Holy Spirit, not all eternally coexisting three in one for eternity. Um, that's just silly. Yeah, that's just silly. Um you know what I think would would be interesting here is and helpful and helpful is just be like, hey, here's the gospel is mm. that is that we are jacked up, which is another thing that this movement, you know, you're not really all that jacked up. You just don't know effectively. Yeah. Um, we are jacked up. We have rebelled against God. And the father in his mercy decided to send his son to die in the place of sinners and to absorb the wrath that we deserve to die the death that we that we should have died and then to give us a right relationship with him like that's that's kind of mind blowing <laughs> it's it's incredible Ugh. well I, I think we need to to relish uh proper and, and people kind of freak out at the at the term proper a lot uh we need to relish proper gospel presentations more often like we need to rehearse this more often is is you didn't save you 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 can't save you god saves you absolutely because god sent god in human flesh which a little little bit of a mind bender god accomplished it all god kept the covenant for you and now god regenerates you gives you a new nature and new heart and new desires and causes you and aids you in walking out the rest of your life in holiness for his glory to the glory of God and to the benefit of our neighbor. <laughs> That's so Lutheran. I know I've got to, I've got to tack it on, man. I'm not, I'm not going to complain it about it. That's, that's, that's some, that's an entire episode. I think of, for the good of our neighbor uh that's something else that we can get into another time um but yeah um we're we're not about to recommend your church play this song you can listen to it on your own if you want yeah <laughs> we're not so but so here so here is the the unofficial doxology podcast pro tip there's a like a Netflix show or I don't I've never seen it and so it's not really about this it's just an image that it's like about cleaning up stuff and it's like this sparks joy this does not spark joy <laughs> so here here's the thing if you have two songs and in your left hand this one proclaims the gospel clearly mm. so that all may understand it and in this hand is somewhat difficult to understand and slash or heretical gobbledygook. I would say that the gospel in the left hand sparks joy. So yes. if it sparks gospel, that's the one you need. If it does not spark gospel, throw it out. Mm. I'm going to have to start using that. This one sparks gospel. <laughs> so anyway, what are we recommended this week? We're going a little long. We got to get going. I got a baseball game to coach. Oh, let's see. Um, I oh, have no record. 
Dude, my I I'm so like I'm so I have three kids, like a job, dude. Um, I I ha- I can't remember the last thing I read that that wasn't a children's book. So oh, here here's my recommendation: if you're looking for a great book series to read with your children between the ages of four <laughs> and twelve, I would highly recommend the Boxcar Children by Gertrude Chandler uh, Walker. I believe um, it's a rather large book series. Uh, they are wholesome, uh, mystery oriented. Um, some of the uh, verbiage and language is a bit uh, stale, so you have to kind of update that in real time when you read them. But fantastic books. Highly recommend you check them out. The Boxcar Children series. So my recommended <laughs> reading, <laughs> reading this week is uh, I'm going to kick it old school and typical reformed guy. Uh, the Institutes of the Christian Religion. I knew by, you were going to say I knew you were going to say uh, Specifically. Specifically, the first chapter, wherein uh, Calvin has his great syllogism, if that's the correct word, of of, we don't know ourselves until we know God, and we don't know God, or we don't know ourselves until we know God, and we don't know God until we know ourselves. And it's not circular, it's we don't know our proper place in the universe uh, and how jacked up we are unless we know God. And we have, et cetera. So uh, yeah. he does a better job than I could. Read the first chapter of the Institutes. You'll get it. <laughs> so I'm uh, going to end the show a little bit differently. I'm actually going to, we're actually going to tack this, uh, this Bethel song on the end of, of the podcast. So you Hashtag can listen to it. free use. We're saying it right now. This yes. is free, free use. use. This Gosh, is all commentary. This is for commentary and educational purposes. Um, so uh, you can you can hear it. You can make a decision for yourself. Uh, you can tell us uh, via email, westminstereffects at gmail.com, or you can use the Anchor app and leave a voicemail. Tell Ooh, us if we're nuts fancy. or not. Yeah, how about it? So get Dude. the Anchor app. You can, you can message us. You can voicemail us. And, you know, we might even play something on the show. That Maybe. would be cool. We'd have to figure that out. Dude, so, uh, we can, so this is like going to be like a legit like radio show sort of thing, kind of, sort of? Maybe. That could, that could be cool. We need like a maybe. phone-in contest. Yeah, but you can, you can also support the show at anchor.fm. Look up the Doxology podcast, and you can actually give us money and help mm. us improve our audio quality and web presence and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, you can also share this thing on Facebook and leave comments and five-star reviews. That'll help get the word out. Um, what else do I have? Also, make sure you hashtag bipedals at westminstereffects.com. Uh, that's probably the most important part because that's how I pay my bills. Uh, so anyway, for, for your own reviewing purposes, here is Ain't No Grave by Bethel Music without the slide guitar, as we Damn. wish you had. You know that Thanks may have pushed listening. it over the edge. Yeah. Later. Thanks for listening. Lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. There ain't no Smooth.